Welcome to Season 2, Episode 3 of Beyond the Zero. I'm your host, Ben. Joining me today is Austin Davis. Austin is a poet. His new book, Lotus in the Apocalypse, is out through Outcast in March. Welcome to the show, Austin. Hey, thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here. <laughs> How is life in Arizona? You know, life is good. It's finally uh, nice enough to go outside and enjoy the weather, you know? So right now it's, it's like a high of 70s each day. It's sunny, you know? I've never been... Uh, uh, the biggest fan of the sun. I'm, I like the dark the best, but you know, I'm, I'm just trying to get back, you know, out there and take walks and do healthy person things, you know, so <laughs> it's a process, but <laughs> nice. We were talking just before we started recording about uh, your work with the homeless. Could you tell us a bit more about that? Yeah. So I work for Arizona Jews for Justice as the community outreach organizer. And about two, two years ago, I, I started our uh, homeless outreach program called AZ Hugs for the Houseless. And the big goal for me with this project is to just show folks on the streets that they're cared about and that they're loved and that they're valued, you know, because um, loneliness is the silent killer for people experiencing homelessness. You know, a lot of people don't feel like they have anyone. And I've had a lot of people cry in my arms and say, I, I, you know, I was going to kill myself, but I thought of you, I thought of our your volunteers, you know, I thought of you guys and, and I, you know, I, I know I have a friend, you know, and that's what this is all about. And uh, so, so we not only do these events, but we go in, I, I give my number out to everyone I meet and at night people call me if they're in trouble, you know, women who are afraid of being assaulted or someone who needs to go to the hospital, whatever. And, you know, there's this big tent city in downtown Phoenix called the zone. And the zone is, it's about this mile long block of just, uh, tents. It's probably about 300, 400 tents <laughs> are surrounding the, uh, the main shelter in downtown Phoenix. So I go there along with Tempe, which is where I go to school at ASU. And, uh, you know, along with all these essential stuff, we also, one of our huge projects is bring people special request items. So things to bring them a little joy, you know, like art supplies. You know, a lot of folks are really talented artists, but they don't have the resources to create, you know. So we bring out everything someone would need to create. You know, we bring out books, like someone's favorite book from 20 years ago, whatever, you know, your favorite meal, take people to see their parents, uh, you know, take people to rehab, just whatever we can do to show people that they're loved. And it's, it's funny because it really just feels like a family at this point. You know, like some of my closest friends in the world now are, are living on the streets, you know, and um, it, I feel just as at home out there as I do uh, with my real family, you know, anywhere else. So it's, it's been a blessing and I, you know, I learn something new every day out there and your, your heart breaks every day, but it also gets a little bigger every day. Wow. That's amazing. That's yeah. Such an admirable thing to do. Um, what's driving homelessness in America at the moment? Well, the rising cost of living is definitely a big one. You know, I think COVID has been a huge, huge issue because I, I know a lot of folks who tell me that they're they're new to this homelessness thing you know and I'm, I'm meeting kids on the streets I was just with this this guy who's he just turned 18 you know and he he looked like my brother my little brother you know and it, that that really hurt you know because he he had just gotten out of high school or whatever and I he was out here in the tent city you know so we got him a tent got him set up and everything but 
a lot of folks have lost their jobs or are being evicted or whatever, you know, but it's also just, there's an, there's an incredible amount of hoops you have to jump through. You know, what I tell a lot of folks, there's this huge stigma around homelessness in America that it's because people use drugs or, you know, it's something that they did, you know, like you, you're, you're a criminal and you went to jail or whatever, which sometimes is the case. Some people, but you know, oftentimes that's a reflection of the society that they're born into, you know, like people who steal to get food, you know, I, you got to survive, you know, but um, oftentimes it's just really unfortunate circumstances, you know, nothing anyone did wrong, but you know, like you car hits you, you know, you hit a car, you know, something happens, you get a huge medical bill or you lose your job, whatever. And then once you're out on the streets, all the statistics say, you know, like the more time that you're out there, the harder it is to, to get out, you know, because if you lose your ID, you know, you're set back a month, you know, if your backpack gets stolen with your medicine in it, you're set back another month, you know, if whatever happened, you know, and, and th that's a huge issue. Like people are getting their stuff stolen every day, you know, and it just sets them back and back and back. And when you're out there, there's just so many temptations, you know, there's so, there are all these drugs that you can get at any, any moment, you know, and I know that for me, if, if I was experiencing homelessness, I, I would be addicted to something, you know, because it's just so difficult to survive each day, you know, um, that you want to try to escape for a little bit for a lot of folks, you know, it's an incredibly complicated issue, you know, but to me, it all just boils down with our project to, uh, to the love, you know, we're, this is a community, you know, and these are our neighbors and they deserve to be treated like neighbors. You know, there's, I, there's so many people who look at them as the other, you know, or I, I know folks who will drive past homeless people and throw like pennies. People have told me that. And, you know, there, there's one one time this woman said that someone gave her a burrito that had razors in it, you know, and it's like it's just so malicious. Some people just really hate poor people, you know, and it's it's terrible. So, you know, we we just try to spread a little love and, and be there for folks whenever people need us, you know. So my, my phone's ringing constantly throughout the day and I'm just checking up on people. People call me like my, my number is written on a lot of people's tents. So it gets passed around, you know, and. Um, which has been pretty cool, you know, because now I'm getting calls from like hours away. People are like, hey, I've heard of you. There's actually this guy yesterday who um, he's in one of the shelters and he's getting back on his feet, getting out of here. And he said that he has heard rumors like this myth about about my work on the streets there. So he traveled from Phoenix to Tempe, which probably about an hour on a bus, you know, to try to find me. And I met him yesterday. Uh, it was really cool. So Soda Pop was his name. Really great guy. <laughs> <laughs> and you're juggling that with study as well. So you're doing your uh, creative writing at ASU. So yeah, yeah. So this is my my senior year. Um, I'm 21 finally, which is cool. I get to go to bars and stuff. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I do school all online now um, because it's the only way that I can do the work that I do and be able to travel for my books. You know, like I, I do school at night at three in the morning, you know, and it's, it's really around my schedule, which is really nice. If I was in class all day, I wouldn't be able to do half of the stuff that I, that I do, you know? So, uh, I feel lucky that my school offers that, you know, and I'm able to get all the credits and stuff and I'm able to learn and stuff as well. You know, I, I love learning and I love college. It's fucking awesome, you know? <laughs> yeah. And in amongst all of that, uh, 
as part of this work, you've got Music for Street Sorrows, which is a jazz album where you've done the spoken word part. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, yeah. So Street Sorrows is a jazz poetry EP about homelessness. And it started out, I was just writing these poems about the streets, you know, about what I'd experienced. And it was really just a coping mechanism for me because, you know, when you've seen someone get shot and die, you know, when you've had a gun at your throat, you know, when you've, you know, you reversed overdoses, you know, when I've had people hand me guns and say, shoot me, you know, because they're just so desperate to, to get out of this situation. You know, when you've experienced all these, this plethora of things, you know, I, I would, I would just go back to my car and just cry and scream, you know, because it's, it's, it's hard, you know, it, it gets to you at a certain point. Um, so I just started writing about it, you know, and I was writing down these stories and I, I, I kind of made the connection. It's always been a goal for me to um, use art as a form of activism, you know, and I was, I was seeing things not really change, you know, with politicians and with people making, you know, empty promises to help the homeless, you know, and all this money that wasn't really going to folks on the streets, you know, and, and I was like, hey, you know, I want to, I want to write something about this. So I formulated my thoughts. I, you know, I edited all this stuff. I read a couple poems and conveniently around that time, I was invited to go on this show called Desert Spotlight, which is a arts show here in, in Arizona. And it's like, it's this really cool live interview thing along with performance. Um, so I asked the, the host, I was like, Hey, you know, I, I really love jazz. Is there any way we could find a musician who might want to do this? And he's like, done. And let's do it and he found joe and we got connected and became friends and we we did this show where we we you know prepared a little bit beforehand but really it was kind of just on the spot like i would read my poem and as i was reading he would play based on what i was emoting you know what i was feeling and i would play to the rhythm of, or i would read to the rhythm of what he was playing and it was really cool and after that i was like hey do you want to make an album like do you, you want to make something and he was like hell yeah so we we just created this jazz poetry album and it's it's been really cool i i think that um everyone who's listened to it and told me that they've heard it you know it's i i think it's it's different from a lot of the the political poetry or you know political music you might hear and uh i'm lucky that i've i've i just know i've known these amazing people who want to work together and make cool art you know so yeah i'm just blessed to know cool people and lucky to be on this ride still you know we're going to play Leo and Hazel from Austin's album Street Sorrows. The sun is setting like a velvet lid over a coffin. I sit on Leo and Hazel's cooler outside their tent as flies buzz around our faces. Leo slaps at his neck. I sit my beer and close my eyes. People all around us cough and cry and pray for things I can't quite hear. And for a moment, the tent city feels like a living, breathing animal, writhing in pain from what it ate.
radio says they found a dead body in the dumpster last night. A young girl, not much older than me, naked and beaten. I open my eyes. The sky is dark purple, and I know that once it's night, the screams of so many will weigh down our ears until our heads are too heavy to lift back up. Hazel stares at a pigeon pecking at a bloodstain in the middle of the street and says she's going to be a veterinarian someday. That's really cool. Thanks. Thanks for giving it a listen, yeah. And so with with that song, that's obviously like straight from your experience on the street, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It straight I I was sitting there um with a couple of my friends, you know, out, outside by in the tent, the sun was setting, you know, and people were, there was fighting and drugs and we were talking about the dead body that was found in the dumpster the night before, you know, and uh, yeah, out there in the zone, which is the tent city, it's, everything's happening all the time. You know, there's never a moment of peace for anyone. Like there's always gunshots. There's always someone, you know, in pain. There's always someone you know there's always something going on so it's it's a whole different different world out there let's move on to your new book lotus in the apocalypse it's coming out through outcast yeah yeah it's coming out in march i'm very excited i think i think this is the this is probably my favorite project that i've i've made i'm I'm really excited to get it out there yeah get back on the road i'm gonna travel and do some shows and it's gonna be fun amazing so you were kind enough to send it to me it's it's what i like to call a prose novella it's uh, it's beautifully written poetry uh, in the form of almost interlinked short stories. Could you tell us a little bit more about it? Yeah, yeah. So Lotus at its core is the part of myself that I'm embarrassed by. It's the part of myself that I'm guilty about and afraid of. You know, it's all the the bad thoughts that you shove inside the the back closet and, you know, that empty room in the, the dark part of your brain, you know. So that's really what I that was the core of this project. I was like, I, I'm a little fucked up, you know, and <laughs> I think we all are a little bit. So I wanted to write about this character. You know, I, I have OCD and anxiety, depression, Tourette's syndrome. And, um, you, you know, when I was, uh, a lot of this is about my experiences with mental health, mental illness, you know, and when I was a kid, uh, my mom used to say, um, OCD isn't isn't you, you know. OCD is all about intrusive thoughts, you know. And she was like, "That's whatever that voice is. That's separate from you." So, when I was writing this book, I was kind of thinking of Lotus as as that, you know, as OCD, as that voice in my brain that I, I shouldn't listen to, you know. Um, but initially, when I started writing these poems, I didn't. I had no idea it was going to become this book. I, I've been working on this book for about three years. And there's there have been hundreds of poems that I thought could be Lotus poems, you know, but uh, I think the, the really fun part was after I had these poems and they started to create a narrative, you know, of this, what, what the concept initially was like, what, what would you feel like if tomorrow was your last day? You know, if you if you knew that you were going to die tomorrow, you know, how would you feel about your mistakes? How would you feel about your love? How would you feel about, you know, what you've done in life? What, what the hell is the point of it all? You know, so. I really just tried to explore all these questions in this book and create something to 
not only make my myself feel a little less alone, but hopefully make, you know, other people feel less alone in what they're feeling as well. Cause it's been a hellish couple of years, you know, I mean, this is definitely a, a COVID inspired project. I think thinking about the end of the world, you know, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, when I was writing these poems initially, I, I was just writing them, you know, and I had no idea they had different titles, you know, they weren't each poem in the book is Lotus and blank, you know, mm-hmm. for those who haven't read any of them. Um, but initially they had different titles. They had a lot of the poems were different. And when I went back, I, I, I edited a lot of the poems so that they were cohesive, you know, and um, I, I honestly, music was a huge factor in writing this book. Uh, I, I was looking at some of my favorite albums, you know, and I, I realized that my favorite albums tell a story, you know, and they're this cohesive body of work that you can listen to from front to back, back and you, you feel like you've experienced this little, this little world, you know, and, an example of that, one of my favorite albums is uh, Swimming by Mac Miller. I don't know if you've ever heard that, yeah, but if you haven't, you should, you should give it a shot. It's it's just it's such a beautiful exploration of loneliness and mortality and depression, you know, and the the ways in which life, you know, goes around in circles. You know, we're, we're either trying to swim or we're floating or we're trying not to drown, you know. When this book is... Uh, out in printed form one of the things that I was thinking like in terms of the the presentation of it um, like it's a beautiful it's a beautiful work and now that you you know you've told me about uh, how it's so interlinked with your work with homeless people as well like it almost feels like it's something that you could add to over time and you know add photography or add you know those kind of things too because I think it's something that would really work well with your subject matter because it is quite it's beautifully it's brief but it's um it's so deep in what you go into thank you thank you yeah you know I I love bridging different art forms and I've been thinking about that as well so it's it's funny uh about a month ago um Sebastian and I were talking Sebastian from Outcast you know and and I said hey I I really want to ink all the the poem titles onto my body and he was, he was like, hell yeah, go for it. Let's do it. So I got the, this temporary tattoo ink. Yeah. And my buddies and I, we, you know, we just, I went over to my, my buddy's house and we just got a little drunk, you know, and, and wrote all the, all the titles all over my body. And I, I don't know if you've seen the picture, but that's. Oh, uh, that's the picture. I've seen the picture. Yeah. 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 It's going to be on uh, the back cover. We're thinking. Um, right. So it's got, you know, Lotus, it's got drawings of like a Lotus flower all over. It's all washed off now, you know, mm. but, um, I'm going to get a real tattoo for to commemorate the book as well. But that, that was just a cool thing that, you know, we had fun with. But we were thinking about putting some, you know, photography in the book. I'm not sure yet. But one thing I really want to do, and this is kind of ambitious, but I want to record a uh, punk opera for this book. So it, I, I want to work with like a punk band and kind of what I did with Joe with the homelessness poems. But uh, start from front to back of this book and just read and just go fucking wild yeah. with punk band, you know? So that, that that's something that if I ever get the opportunity to do it later this year, yeah, that'll be the next thing I do. And then, you know, we'll put that out everywhere. I, I think, because I've gotten really into, you know, punk and stuff, and I think that that would um, pair very well. Uh, yeah, that sounds good. Um, I think this should be a shout out to Bram Presser. He used to do Yidkor, which was the, like, a fantastic Jewish punk band. I think you oh, guys yeah. could do a good collaboration. It'd be awesome. Oh, uh, hell yeah. I'm totally go. down to collaborate. That sounds fun as hell. <laughs> yeah, he's cool. He's very cool. All right, done. We'll put you in touch. Yeah, it sounds awesome. <laughs>
All right. And when this book comes out, uh, you're going on tour as well, aren't you? Yeah. And I love performing and I love traveling and I really haven't been able to in the last couple of years because of the pandemic, you know, and I've just been so focused on growing this homeless outreach program. And, you know, just my, a lot of my focus over the last couple of years has just been solely on the streets, you know, and, and my, my street family. Um, but I'm excited to just travel around the country. You know, I'm, we're doing about six shows, I think here in Arizona, and then I'm going to go to the Midwest and I got a show in Ohio and I, I have a lot of family in Indiana, so I'm going to get to see all my family, which is going to be really awesome. That's a blessing in itself, you know, and then planning on going to the East coast, you know, going to New York. And it's going to be awesome. You know, I'm, I'm excited to, to get back out here and just, you know, throw my art at people. and, <laughs> and <stuff. laughs> We'll take a quick break here on Beyond the Zero. We're speaking with Austin Davis. Do you need rapid antigen testing but can't find any in stock? Why not try the George Orwell rat test instead? Available from your local dystopia. We're back on Beyond the Zero. We're speaking with Austin Davis. Let's move on to your gateway books. Were there some books uh, that opened up the world of literature for you? Yeah, you know, as I was thinking about that, one book poem really really came to mind and it was um neil hillborn's ocd poem from our numbered days i don't know if you've ever read that poem but it was it was the first poem that i'd ever read about ocd and i was a kid pretty pretty, i I think i was pretty young when i heard it and the cool thing about it was you know it, it was my introduction to slam poetry to spoken word but it also you know, I felt pretty alone in what I was feeling with OCD. And this it just showed me, you know, oh, other people feel this way too, you know. And I realized, like, that's the dopest thing about art, you know, is that we can give each other these little hugs across space and time, you know, as I was talking about earlier. And um, it, it also just wasn't, it was different from anything I'd ever read in school. Like, a lot of the the, the poetry I, I feel like I was introduced to in school is by these really old, dead, white guys, you know, who are talking about stuff that I, I don't, care about really you know not to say it's not valuable which it, it is it's totally valuable but um i'd never i didn't know poetry could be contemporary like this you know i didn't know that it could be like a slap in the face you know and that was that was my real introduction to poetry i think um billy collins was another poet that i, I remember reading um that he used a lot of humor in his poetry and i i thought that was cool i, I didn't know you could do that in poetry you know so i i think it was just kind of a process for me as a kid getting introduced to these different writers. And uh, I've always loved Ray Bradbury as well uh, since I was a kid. So um, I, it's been cool to be introduced to all this stuff at a young age because I started writing poems and short stories when I was like five or six, you know, and I would, I, I would staple together these little chapbooks with construction paper and give them out to like my family and my friends. And I, I remember I would just like get on my bike and leave them places, you know, like really odd places for some reason. I was, for some reason, really obsessed with like leaving little books of poetry and like on the highest branch of a tree that I could get to or like (laughs) under someone's car or I don't know why I was a weird kid I'm a weird adult so I don't know (laughs) I love that idea like just found art yeah yeah you know but that's something that I I just love in general my my friend and I we we recently you know we also along with the the tattoos and stuff we went out and uh, graffiti uh, Lotus in the Apocalypse on uh, on the street somewhere. So just found art like that is pretty cool. I, I dig it, you know. 
Yeah, that's awesome. What are you currently reading and uh, what are you looking forward to and what have you recently enjoyed? Yeah, I mean, I, I recently read The the Hate You Give um, for class and blew me away. Fucking incredible. Um, I started reading Homie by Denez Smith. And I don't know if you've read their, their work before, but I, I was really blessed to see them live before the pandemic. And they just, the the way that, they perform is unlike anything I've ever experienced. So if you ever get the chance to, to see Denez Smith live, I would strongly recommend because, you know, people in the audience were laughing and crying and hugging each other, you know, and that that's like the coolest thing to me about uh, a poetry reading is it's like, it's this little intimate experience with other people. You know, you get to experience the art with maybe these people that, you know, maybe these people you don't, but you all get to experience it in your own way together, you know, and it, it, it always kind of feels like to me when I go into a bookshop or a library or whatever to take, do a poetry reading, it's like I'm escaping all the problems of life, everything outside. And, you know, bookstores and libraries have always been my safe place, you know. So adding a little live poetry to that, hell yeah. Sounds yeah. perfect. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. Uh, a, good, a good friend of mine is uh, Rosemarie Dombrowski, and she's the, the Phoenix Poet Laureate. And over the last couple of years, I've, I've gotten really into her writing and seeing her live and just she's really awesome so I, I would recommend you look out for her stuff too she's not only just one of the best people i've ever known but her work is incredible um another friend of mine his name is hunter hazelton and his book uh i never understood religion until i learned your name is yeah. incredible that's an incredible book it came out from uh tolson books which is this really cool indie publisher in Flagstaff, Arizona, which is a little mountain town um, yeah. up north that I love to go visit. So uh, definitely, I, I would recommend check out that too. It's a great book. Okay, very cool. Yeah. Are there books coming out that you're looking forward to, apart from your own, obviously? <laughs> uh, yeah, there's this book by um, Rachel Wiley called Revenge Body. It's a book of poetry. I think it's uh, their third, third book, something like that. I'm excited to read that. There's also a lot of books that have come out recently that I just haven't gotten the chance to read yet. So I, I you know, I, <laughs> I have this huge list uh, on my computer of books I want to read and I, I always buy too many books and I, I, I'm like 50 books behind from where yeah. I want to be, you know, <laughs> but uh, there's this book that I recently heard about called uh, the sunflower cast a spell to save us from the void. Um, by Jackie Wang, and I, I'm really excited to read that as well. I haven't bought that one yet, but yeah, uh, there's Buddy Wakefield's book. He's a really, really awesome slam poet. Um, his last book came out, I think it was 2019, something like that, and it's a, a choir of honest killers. I'm excited to read that too. So yeah, you know, I, I spend way too much at bookstores, and <laughs> it takes me a long time to get to them. But the cool thing about a book of poetry is that it feels eternal to me, you know, like you can revisit a book of poetry throughout the rest of your life and find new things each time, you know, mm. and it, it, it never feels like it ends to me, you know, like I can read a poem and then five years later, read it again. And it's a completely different poem, even though the words are the same, you know, yeah. so maybe that's just me uh, justifying why I have so many books and I won't get rid of any of them. It's always good to have books that grow with you because I think there are some books that do, some books that don't, but I yeah. think a lot of books really do grow with you. Exactly. You know, and I, I know for me, I'm still just kind of growing up and figuring out who I, who I am, who I want to be, what I want to do and stuff, you know, and um, my, my favorite books have grown with me throughout 
all the changes that I've experienced and, you know, all the experiences I've had. So, uh, books are always my best friend, you know, <laughs> through thick and thin, they're always there for a little, uh, hug through time and space. <laughs> we'll take a quick break here on Beyond Zero and come back with Austin's top 10. This episode is brought to you by the Nicki Minaj biography, Wet Ass Pussy, goes written by Joshua Cohen, comes with a free mop, available everywhere you get good books. We're back on Beyond the Zero, it's time for Austin's Top 10. Top 10 books. Okay, so these are not in order at all because I feel guilty ranking them. But <laughs> uh, I've, I've really loved uh, what we talk about when we talk about love um, by Raymond Carver. Favorite book of short stories of all time. Uh, I, I've been reading that book for the last three years. Like, I, I will just read it front to back and then I'll read something else and then I'll just go back to it. It's kind of just like a comfort book for me and I, I love it. A lot, and I, I just love how how sparse his language is, but also how how deep each line is. You know, like he can say four words and they can tell an incredible story. You know, and that's one thing I've loved about poetry as well is you can tell a whole little world. You know, in less than a page. You know, and that's that's magic to me, and that's why I fell in love with poetry and writing to begin with because I wanted to be a magician like my favorite authors. You know, <laughs> along with that, uh, the bo- the body by Stephen King. Um, one of my favorite, that's my favorite Stephen King book for sure. The Illustrated Man uh, by Brad Berry. Um, there's this book by Terrence Hayes, a book of poetry called American Sonnets for My Past and Future Assassin. Incredible. I, I read it in college a couple of years ago. And uh, it, it's a collection of sonnets and each poem is titled the same. It's titled American Sonnet for My Past and Future Assa- Assassin. And, okay. And they're all linked and it's, it's really, really cool. Uh, Wild Milk by Sabrina Ora Mark is this really cool book that bridges a lot of genres. You know, it it's kind of poetry, it's kind of flash fiction, it's kind of short stories. But the one thing that each story has is that it's it's very surreal. You know, it's not, none of it really makes a lot of sense, you know, unless you like just don't care that it doesn't make sense, you know, and then it makes a lot of sense. I don't know if that made any sense, but <laughs> it's it's just like uh, it, it inspired me to write some, you know, surreal abstract poetry. And there's one poem in Lotus in the Apocalypse called, um, oh, which one is it? Um, Lotus in the Hallucinations. And that's at the, the end of the book. And that one was inspired by this abstract genre, you know, of work. Um, the Crown Ain't Worth Much is a great book. Uh, Night Sky with Exit Wounds by Ocean Vong. I love that book to death. Um, Crush by Richard Sykin is also just one of my favorite poetry books. Uh, it was one of those books that I was introduced to when I was a little bit younger, and I fall in love with it more and more each time I read it. Uh, I recently read uh, Depression and Other Magic Tricks by Sabrina name, and that, that's a book that came up from, from Button Poetry. Uh, love that book to death as well. I think that's I actually wasn't counting. Maybe that's nine. <laughs> Maybe that's 
I can keep listening to books. There's Life on Mars. That's a great book as well. Don't Call Us Dead. I think we're over, but. <laughs> oh, good. What a great list. I've, yeah. It's funny because I, I feel like with poetry, I'm, I'm somebody who loves it when I read it, but it's not something I go out and buy that often. So I think that's, right. that's definitely going to inspire me to get out and buy some more because I think it's yeah. a, it's a beautiful form. And I think that um, when it's done really well, I think it, it really does, it reaches that really high level of, of prose and, of, you know, writing. I think it's, um, yeah, a form that I would love to, to be more uh, aware of. Right. Yeah. And one thing that I think is cool too, is that it's very accessible, you know, mm -hmm. and for, I, I, I've been, teaching some poetry classes at libraries, you know, when I do these, these shows, I'll, I'll teach like a class for, for teens, like a little workshop. And I haven't done one since my last tour, which was uh, before COVID, like days before COVID. My last tour got shut down the day that like everything shut down. So. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, um, what we were talking about with these kids, you know, is just if you're not super into literature, you know, and you, you don't haven't really found that right book, um, some kids have told me that like poetry is like a way to kind of flirt with committing with a book, you know, cause it, it's not a big commitment, you know, mm -hmm. you can read a poem and it takes a minute or two, but if you really connect with it, you can read it again and again and you can return to it. You can read the next poems and th I, there's a poem for everyone in every scenario, every situation, you know, and that's what I love about it is whenever you need, you know, a little comfort or you need, you know, someone to be on your side, even if no one's there, you got a poem there somewhere. You just got to find it, you know. Before we wrap it up, do you want to tell us where we can find you online, order Lotus and the Apocalypse, and maybe catch you on tour? Yeah, so uh, I'm on Instagram at uh, AustinWDavis1, on Twitter at Austin underscore Davis17. Uh, I have this little, I have a couple websites, but the one that I've been using is like, it's this site by Milkshake, and it's, it's just in my bio. You know, it's a really easy website to go on to get all these links and stuff to different poems and videos, performances, all that. And that's in my bio, you know, uh, all that. The book's going to come out uh, March 4th, 2022. Uh, so excited for that. It's going to be on Amazon. It's going to be on the Outcast website. You know, it's going to be on Bookshop, uh, Barnes Noble, all over the place. So we recently just got the, uh, the cover back from Cody Sexton, who he runs a thin, thin slice of anxiety. anxiety. You know, yeah. He's awesome. Such a cool guy. But he made just the dopest cover I've ever seen for this book. And I'm excited to show it to you. I'll, I'll text it to you. It's just so cool. I like, he asked me, he was like, what's your vision? And I gave him a few ideas, you know, and he was like, done, I got it. And he showed me this thing and it was like, you know, everything that I had couldn't even fathom. I wanted it to be, you know, <laughs> that's amazing. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Well, I hope everybody goes out there and buys it because it is a brilliant book of poetry. Um, I really enjoyed reading it and I, um, Wish you so much luck with your finals and your work yeah. with the homeless and your book. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And it's been awesome just to talk to you and get to know you and stuff, you know. Yeah. So thanks for having me on. Thanks once again to Austin Davis. Check out the show notes for all the details. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at BeyondZeroPod and you can email us at BeyondZeroPod at gmail.com. We'll be back with your next episode next week. <laughs>